You're listening to the Colts Blue Zone Podcast with Mike Chappell and Dave Griffiths. Street busting in Jacksonville? No, just the Colts busted in Jacksonville. Indianapolis losing a key early AFC South matchup, 37-20 to the Jacksonville Jaguars as their incredible streak of losing road games continues to the Jaguars. That is now the ninth time that they have lost in a road contest against Jacksonville. I wrote up an article for the website on that if you want to check that out of their previous eight losses and how this weird sort of record, uh, not really a record, but this weird streak has developed over the years. It doesn't seem to matter who the coach is, what the scheme is, who the quarterback is, what the philosophy of the team is. They are going to go to Jacksonville and they are going to lose. Before we discuss the game anymore, let's take a look at Colts quarterback Anthony Richardson now. Depending upon the time that you listen to this podcast, there may have been a decision made on this one way or the other, but it is looking like the Colts and Richardson are leaning toward having him get surgery on his injured right shoulder. Coach Shane Steichen last week said the surgery hasn't been ruled out. Richardson, when asked about it during the game, was really noncommittal on the whole thing, but, you know, it, it remains an open possibility. There was a report from Ian Rappaport via the NFL Network that the Colts would uh, increasingly looking like that was going to be the thing that will happen here. So by the time you listen to this podcast, depending upon when you listen to it, the Colts may have made a decision. As of now, Anthony Richardson remains on the injured reserve and would be able to return after four weeks. All right, so let's talk about this latest debacle in Jacksonville. You know, it, it didn't start off so bad for the Colts. Really, it didn't. They had a nice drive, 16 plays, 65 yards, covered 8 minutes and 33 seconds of game clock. Gardner Minshew completed his first nine pass attempts for the Colts there. They got all the way down to the Jacksonville 10, but couldn't quite convert on a third and five. I think, I think Minshew was looking for Josh Downs, couldn't quite hook up with him there. So that led to a 28-yard field goal to give the Colts a 3-0 lead. Matt Gay, of course, providing the points there. And that was pretty much the only time the Colts were in this game. The Jaguars responded with a long drive of their own, 13 plays, 75 yards, covering 7 minutes and 10 seconds, aided by a pair of Colts penalties, including a neutral zone infraction from DeForest Buckner that turned a third and four into a first down. That was a key moment on that drive. It ended with a six-yard touchdown run from Travis Etienne. That made it 7-3. to three. So you're thinking, all right, Colts have a long drive. They only get a field goal. Jaguars have a long drive. They get a touchdown. So it's still early in the game. Let's see how the Colts respond. Well, unfortunately, they didn't respond very well. Very first offensive play after the kickoff, Gardner Minshew gets sacked. It was Bernard Ryman getting beaten off the left side there on a speed rush from Josh Allen, one of the best pass rushers in the league. He hit Minshew, who fumbled the ball, and then the Jaguars recovered it at the 22-yard line. And this just completely turned the game around. On the very next offensive play for the Jaguars, Etienne went 22 yards for a second touchdown. So the Colts, who were down 7-3, are now down 14-3. It's a punt game right after this. Uh, Colts punt, three and out. Jags punt, Colts punt, three and out. Then the Jaguars punt again as the Colts defense kind of holds up a little bit there. Still 14-3 at this point, and you're just like, if the Colts can make a play, maybe they can get back into this thing. And they do make a play. Uh, Minshew hits Jonathan Taylor for a 40-yard reception, and the Colts get deep into get relatively deep into Jaguars territory, at least in field goal range, you would think. On that same drive, Minshew tried to hook up with Michael Pittman. The ball sailed on him, and it got picked off by Jacksonville and returned to the Jacksonville 35-yard line. 
After that, the Jags take less than three minutes to score a touchdown. It's Christian Kirk getting the pass from Trevor Lawrence on a blown coverage, 21-3 Jacksonville. So you have the fumble that turns into a touchdown. Then you have some punts from an ineffective offense. Then that's followed by another interception once you actually hit on a big play, which is not something you had, had seen much in this game. Immediately turned it over. That gets turned into a touchdown as well. The Colts did manage a field goal to make it 21-6 to before halftime. So the second half starts with a Jacksonville punt. So that's, that's not so bad, right? They, they force a punt. The bad part is Minshew threw another interception. Uh, this led to a Jaguars field goal to make it 24-6. to And so now the Jaguars with 24 points, 17 of those coming off Colts turnovers. The next Colts drive is a three and out. You know, more or less, this drive that happened after that three and out is what sealed the game for Jacksonville. They had another nice long drive, uh, got another touchdown to make 31 to 6. And that lead really did look insurmountable for a Colts team that just didn't have any answers. So all of a sudden, it's 31 to 6, and the Colts pretty much look dead in the water here now. To their credit, they didn't give up completely here. They did fall back. But they scored a touchdown to make it 31-13. to It was Josh Downs getting his first career touchdown reception on a short pass from Gardner Minshew. I think it was for two yards. And then Indianapolis responded with an interception of its own. Juju Brents took a misfired throw from Trevor Lawrence. Didn't get much of a return on it. Went down pretty much immediately. But then suddenly the Colts have the ball in at the Jacksonville 40, which, you know, You could get a a field goal. You could get something along those lines out of that. Unfortunately, the Colts are not able to muster anything out of that. The drive ends on another interception from Minshew, his third of the day. This one was for Michael Pittman now. Minshew was getting some pressure. He saw the blitz coming, and he kind of threw this ball off on his back foot toward the end zone. Michael Pittman Jr. is waiting there for it, but he's kind of expecting that ball to be on the outside. Instead, it's on the inside, and it's also underthrown. And so Pittman, who, you know, is going to fight for any ball that he, that he can, really can't do much with this one. And it's an easy interception for the Jacksonville defender. Now, this came on a fourth down play. So the Colts could have elected to go for three here. At that point, you know, you're thinking, well, it doesn't really do much. But it does make it, you know, a, a two-score game at that point if you take the, if you take the field goal. That puts you at 31-16. to 16. That's a 15-point game, so a couple of touchdowns and a one two-point conversion would get you right back in it. Defense forced another punt, and then Indianapolis showed another sign of life here. They, they got another touchdown off the, off the next drive after forcing a, a three-and-out from Jacksonville. And uh, this, this one included a couple of big plays. Uh, Minshew hit Granson for 45 yards down the sideline. And then he also got a nice deep pass to Granson for 21 yards. So that really set up the, the Colts nicely at the Jacksonville 6. They got a short pass to Josh Downs to make it second and goal at 3. And then Zach Moss does what Zach Moss has been doing very, very well this season, and that's a tough run up the middle to get three yards and get the touchdown, Matt Gay adding the extra point there. All of a sudden, you, you know, this game where it looked like the Colts were not in this thing at all is 31-20. to 20. That is a field goal, a touchdown, and a two-point conversion away from tying things up, right? Well, 
just remember, we are in Jacksonville, and things never go well for the Colts in Jacksonville. And the Colts responded by giving up a huge kickoff return. It was a 53-yard return for Jamal Agnew. That set up another Jacksonville field goal, 34-20. to It's still a two-score game at that point, but you're looking at about, what, just under five minutes left in the game there. The way the Colts have been not able to move the ball that effectively you don't think that necessarily maybe they could muster one more touchdown and get a field goal two touchdowns sounds with the time situation sounds like it might be a little bit too much for the team to come up with so who who knows what they would have done on that drive the defense if Jacksonville hadn't had the big kickoff return I would like to point out that Agnew also turned around the game in the first matchup between these two teams when he had a 48-yard punt return in that game that really kind of changed the complexity of that one. This wasn't quite as much of a game-changer, but it had a deflating effect on the team because here they kind of clawed their way back into it a little bit, and then they give up the big kickoff return, and that sets Jacksonville up for a really easy field goal, and they were able to, to chop some time off the clock a little bit there, about two and a half minutes. So the Jaguars would get that field goal to make it 34-20. to 20. The Colts would have a turnover on downs deep in their own territory, which would lead to another Jaguars field goal. So now you're looking at 37-20, to 20 and, you know, the game that was pretty much over anyway is pretty much officially over now Colts got one more shot at it they got the ball back another turnover on downs and then that led to some kneel downs from the Jaguars the same old story though on the road in Jacksonville for whatever reason since 2014 the Colts have not been able to figure out how to beat the Jaguars in a road contest it does include one game in London in 2016 that they played there but it's just sort of inexplicable I I think as as Colts fans you know, you did get spoiled for a long time when Manning and, and Luck were here, and it felt like beating the Jaguars uh, once or twice a year was just something that was always going to happen. And, you know, now the Colts have lost the season series to the Jaguars. They're sitting at 3-3 three and three in the division. Also, look out, the Houston Texans sitting at 3-3 three and three in the division as well. So with the Jaguars at 4-2, and two, they're in the command now of the AFC South, and they hold the tiebreaker uh, outright over the Colts. So in order to leapfrog the Jaguars in the division, the Colts have to finish one game better than they do for the overall record because if they were to tie, then Jacksonville is your division champion now. That is certainly an optimistic reading of the divisional standings from yours truly because I don't know if it's going to be Gardner Minshew for the rest of the season, and it really does look like it's going to be, it's going to be a lot of these types of games. The, the big problem this week was turnovers and uh, defense not being quite as effective as we would like it to be, but that Jacksonville offense does have some good playmakers. But it's the quick change of field position when your offense turns the ball over that it doesn't really matter how great your defense is when it continually happens in a game. It's demoralizing, and you're going to have some breakdowns. That's exactly what happened to the Colts this week. A a really disappointing performance by the Colts, uh, unable to break that streak in Jacksonville. Let's hear from head coach Shane Steichen. Hey, guys. Um, First off, just injury-wise, Alec has a shoulder, Pierce, um, and then just, you know, debriefing the game. Um, Obviously got ourselves in a hole there, uh, you know, with the turnovers. Uh, we got to be better there. It starts with myself uh, doing a better job there. Um, but I thought our guys fought hard, and we fought till the end. Obviously, we can't put ourselves in a hole. i got to be better again, like I said. Um, and, you know, hats off to Jacksonville. Too soon for anything further on Alex? Yeah, I don't know yet. Yeah. Uh, you, 
you had a good drive coming out of the gate. It was a scripted drive, I guess. And that just why couldn't you find? What do you think? Yeah, and I think we had the turnover on the next one, uh, the sack fumble there, uh, and then we ran it there a little bit, you know, early on. Um, they did a good job against the run, uh, and then again we had the interceptions, and then you know we ended up having to throw it 50 plus times there to try to get back in it. So again, hats off to Jacksonville. You guys kind of came out rolling with that just because I mean Jacksonville's been much better against the run in the past, so obviously. Yeah, I think you know the, the flow dictates that dictates that a little bit, you know, down to distance and how we're feeling and. Well, I'm thinking in those situations, and obviously we came out throwing a little bit there early, and you know got the three points, which we could have you know scored there on that first drive with the touchdown. Um, but again, you know hats off to Jacksonville. You guys, have had, you guys have had such a nice run game this season. So what was so difficult today? Uh, I think you know early on, shoot, we had the long drive. I think there was what two possessions in the first quarter. Is that right? I think it was something yeah, right there. Yeah. yeah, it was two possessions in the first quarter. Um, you know, and then we were running a little bit, and we throwing it on second, you know, pass situations a little bit there, and. You know, they like I said, they got some turnovers there, and you know, we were trying to get back in it with some of the passes, and it's just how it played out today. So with Jacksonville, I mean, like, look at the box score. There's not a ton of yards in there, and I don't know how you kind of calculate all that. Do you just think they took advantage of those turnovers? That's um, exactly right. 17 points off turnovers. That's yeah. tough. What do you think with Gardner? I mean, he's typically so judicious with the football. Uh, what was different about today with the way that Jacksonville was playing? You know, Jacksonville did some good things. Um, obviously, it starts with myself. Uh, I got to be better for him uh, in those situations. Jonathan, you put on live for a play. Yeah, no, it was good. It was a third down play. You know, caught him in man coverage. Um, got him running across the field with man and hit a big one uh, for a big play there for us. It felt like it was more 50 50 ish in terms of snaps for him. You feel good about the way he's ramping up? Yeah, he's ramping up. He's going to continue to ramp up uh, each and every week. Josh Downs. Uh, Uh, it was awesome. It was a great route by him. You know, he'd been working hard at that route uh, in practice and how to run it different ways. Um, and the way he ran it in the game was awesome. Just to get that separation, get his first touchdown was good to see. With him and Juju getting his first interception, I mean, are you at the point in the year where like rookies have to be counted on to do things that not rookies do anymore? Yeah, I think with any rookie, shoot, you put the guys that you think are going to make plays out there, whether a rookie or a five-year vet, you know, put them out there and go go play. With Juju specifically, I mean, he went from not playing early and now he's playing all the time. So what did you like just I love his tenacity. I love the way he fights, um, the way he plays man coverage. Uh, he's a strong, you know, longer guy uh, that competes at the top of routes. Um, and I just love his energy. All right, guys, appreciate you. So really the only injury that Coach Steichen mentioned from this game was Alec Pierce suffering a shoulder injury. Minshew tried to hit him kind of on a deep pass along the sidelines, and Pierce kind of laid out for it but was unable to catch it, got hit by a couple of defenders as he was going down. And immediately he, he went down and, and needed some help to, to get off the field. And it looked like he was favoring that right shoulder a little bit there. Pierce not having the most fabulous season of all, but you've seen some flashes here and there from him. And he made a tremendous one-handed catch in this game. And, and it just, it, it's tantalizing. He, he teases you with, with some of these catches and stuff that he makes, but it's just not consistent enough. But you really want to have him there because they don't have a deep wide receiving core. So when it's all said and done, no real Minshew magic in Jacksonville this week. That's where Minshew started his career, and he was kind of this unheralded guy, picked late in the draft, nobody expected much from him, and he's just got a, a great personality and an interesting persona. He's a real character, real student of the game, and the Colts do honestly feel like the game is in good hands when Minshew's their quarterback. 
he's a guy who doesn't turn the ball over very much. That is kind of his M.O. as a quarterback. It's, you know, take high percentage throws, get a high percentage of your passes completed. You may not go downfield all the time, but you're going to be accurate and you're going to get that ball down the field little by little by little. The good thing about that is that he is an accurate quarterback. He understands the offense. And we've heard this numerous times from his teammates and the coaching staff. The problem with it is when you have to put, the, when you have to put together these long drives that consists of pass after pass after pass after pass, you know, when you're, when you're looking at these really long drives where you're, you're only getting five, six, seven yards a pop and you're not able to hit big plays, then that also means that, that the defense is waiting for you to make a mistake. And it, you know, just takes a, a bad run, a sack, an incompletion, and that, that ends your drive and you, you just cannot recover from it. But, you know, he's, he's made his bones in this league by not turning the ball over, but he threw a career-high three interceptions in this game against the Jaguars. And, you know, the, the biggest impact to me, was the fumble. I, you, you'd love, sometimes you'd like to step into that multiverse, that, that alternate world, where what does this game look like if the Colts don't have that fumble, that sack fumble with Minshew? It happened right after the Jaguars scored a touchdown. They were able to just double up scores just like that and change field position for the Colts. It came on the first play right after the kickoff. You know, their best pass rusher comes around the left side, blindsides Minshew, who fumbles the ball, gets returned or gets recovered by the Jaguars. And that's all she wrote for that drive for the Colts. And then right away, next play, boom, you know, you get a 22 yard touchdown run. And suddenly, this game that started out, you know, seven to three with you getting on the scoreboard first is 14 to three. And it's just not a great combination for any quarterback, and especially Minshew, because as much as we do like the guy and respect his game, he has his limitations. The team knows he has his limitations as well. On the day, he finished 33 for 55, 329 yards, one TD, three interceptions in that fumble. He was sacked three times. Turnovers very un-Minshew-like, but they are a key factor in this loss. You could even argue that that is primarily the reason the Colts lost the game. Anytime you turn the ball over four times and you're minus three in this game, they did manage a, a, an interception from Juju Brents, but you know they're minus three in the game. This is a team that cannot afford to beat itself. When you have Richardson in there, it's kind of the same way. You can't beat yourself. But Richardson has big playability that he flashes that you look at that Rams game, look at some of the plays that he made in that game. And I know the Colts ultimately lost in overtime, but to even get into that game required a lot of moxie. And you were able to do it through big plays via Anthony Richardson. And Minshew made a couple big plays, but it, you could also argue it, it happened when this game was out of hand and didn't really matter that much. End of the day, Colts lost. Minshew had the four turnovers, and you will not see number 10 making any excuses after the game. Yeah, no, they did a good job. Um, you know, they, they got some pressure, but at the end of the day, I was careless with the ball. I didn't do a good enough job taking care of it. Uh, put our team in a really bad spot, you know, and um, that's not fair to the rest of the guys. Um, so really going to look at this, hold myself accountable, not going to tuck our tail, not going to, you know, drop our chin. We're just going to keep pushing through it, learn from it. And, um, you know, we'll come out the other side better for was it. it. Just, was it just the pressure that they were getting? Uh, I mean, so the two, the one to pit, I sailed. The other end, I sailed. And then there was a fourth down, cover zero. I dropped and tried to 
lay a ball up there, and I should have threw it more outside. Um, so you know, going to learn from it and um, get better from it. They're a really good run defense. Is it on you or the receivers to try to loosen them up up front to try to allow a little bit more space in the run game? And why weren't you able to do that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, they did a good job. I thought they had a good plan. They were going base to our 11 for a lot of it. So uh, some tough matchups running the ball. Um, so when they do that, we do have to make them pay uh, outside. And um, you know, I think personally, we'll all take that personally as a challenge. And um, you know, I think we'll respond the right way. I didn't see Josh respond to getting his first career touchdown, a big career accomplishment, but in a, a 17 point loss. Yeah, no, that's um, you know, it's great, it's fun. Uh, I remember I had the same thing here, and it was you know, a blowout, and if it feels great, you kind of lose yourself for a little bit. Because it's you know the coolest thing ever, and it's like, dang, we're losing by three scores. Did you feel you had a bit of momentum though after that touchdown, and also the deep deep pick like right after? Yeah, no, we got to we got to go, man. And just kept kept shooting ourselves in the foot one way or the other. Personally, I was not good enough. I got to be better uh, to give us a chance to win. Because as the game went on, it kept getting closer, and we just didn't take advantage of uh, the opportunities. All right. This, this is your first game back in Jacksonville. You Back here as a starter, does that mean anything to you? Just, uh, no, it's tough. Um, you know, it's obviously great to see everybody here. Uh, a lot of great memories being here. Um, obviously, you want to win every game, you know, um, so that hurts. Um, but yeah, no, it's definitely, definitely tough to come back here and uh, play like I did today. Good. Okay. Thank y'all. All right, a few little other things about this game. The Colts had 17 carries for 44 yards against one of the top rushing defenses in the NFL. Zach Moss, who's been so good this season, seven carries for 21 yards and that short touchdown. Jonathan Taylor, eight carries for 19 yards. As a team, they averaged 2.6 yards per carry. I heard Steichen say during his news conference, and I also read from Ryan Kelly, that they knew that Jacksonville had a very good defensive front and that they did not think they would be able to run the ball very well against them when they stayed in their base defense. So that's one of the reasons the Colts came out throwing on that first drive. It was almost all passes on that first drive that uh, they got the field goal off of to open the game. And their, their hope was that if they could get something going in the passing game, even if it was the short passing game or the intermediate passing game, that that would loosen things up, that that would get Jacksonville out of their base defense and probably find a little bit more running room for the running backs. That didn't materialize, and then when the Colts fell down, you know, when they, when they got behind by so many points, you kind of have no option but to throw the ball, and, and the run game becomes kind of an afterthought. And that's kind of how that played out here for the Colts. So for people wondering why they didn't run the ball that much, especially when they just signed their running back to a three-year extension for $42 million, that is why. And also, I mean, let, let's also face it, Taylor was only playing his second game with the Colts this year. He had 13 touches in this game, eight carries and five catches, including a 40-yard reception. Now, the other catches obviously didn't get much because he had five catches for 46 yards, and Moss had six catches for 38. But JT's not all the way back yet, and I, I think he's going to get there in a couple of weeks and kind of be able to be that workhorse. But, you know, I was reading uh, some other stuff, and it kind of reminds me of how we're going to have to play this game as we did in 2021. Now, Minshew, in most circumstances, not as mistake-prone as mo uh, some other quarterbacks in the league, 
but they're going to have to lean on that run game, and that'll only help the passing game if they can do that. But uh, just not much room there to run against Jacksonville. And I, I think the Colts kind of knew what they may have been facing going into this game, and so they kind of tried to game plan for it, and the results were decidedly uh, not in their favor. Run down a few stats here. Michael Pittman Jr., nine catches, 109 yards. Probably had the opportunity for a couple of nice plays over the middle, but just Minshew just sailed a couple of those throws. Kylan Granson, three catches for 67 yards, included a long of 45. Had a couple of big catches on the same drive there. Josh Downs, a quiet day. He did get his first touchdown, but just five catches for 21 yards. Lost dropping the Colts to 3-3, three and three, and it puts Jacksonville in prime position atop the AFC South. Some of those teams start, it's starting to put some separation in. And I, I think a lot of people thought Jacksonville would be the cream of the crop here in a division that's really not very good. I think the Colts have surprised. I think the Houston Texans have surprised. The Tennessee Titans so far have been disappointing as they lost uh, an overseas game, and now they're 2-4 and four and at the bottom of the division. But I, I just can't really ever count those guys out, although I don't know what their quarterback situation is going to be looking like. In most seasons, I think when your team loses and you look at the schedule and you see the Cleveland Browns there coming up next, you feel pretty good about things. But this is not the world's greatest Cleveland Browns team, but this defense for the Browns is fierce. We'll talk about that in Thursday's preview show, but it's going to be a tough matchup for the Colts here. They're going to have to play a much better a much cleaner game. That means in pass protection. That means in taking care of the ball. And they, they've got to be able to run the ball a little bit. But I think Cleveland's got just as good, if not better, of a run defense than Jacksonville does. So when you've got strength on strength and you're not able to, to do what you want to do on the, the offensive side of the ball, then that forces you to maybe do things that your quarterback isn't quite as capable of. The Browns are 3-2, and two, and they shocked pretty much everybody in the football world by beating a San Francisco 49ers team that looked like it was absolutely unbeatable. You know, and they, they did that with a practice squad quarterback. Offense, not much to speak of right now for the Browns. They may have Deshaun Watson back. He's got a bruised rotator cuff, so we may see him next week for the Colts. We may not. We'll just have to kind of wait to see what the injury report says later in the week. But we do know for the Colts... There will be no Anthony Richardson. He's not coming to, to save the day, and we don't know when he'll be back. If he'll be back this season, let's hope he can be. But, you know, if they opt for surgery, they'll probably shut him down for the rest of the year, and we'll hope for greener pastures next season. But things aren't over yet. We, we could get a little Minshew magic, and that's what fans are going to have to hope for because I think that's the guy who's going to be guiding the ship. And Minshew is a terrific commodity to have for any team. He's a smart quarterback. He's a good quarterback. Generally speaking, he's going to make the right throws and make good decisions during the game. Just didn't happen this week against Jacksonville. And as my colleague Mike Chappell has pointed out, in the games where we've seen Minshew succeed, he has come in relief for Richardson when Richardson's had to leave the game because of an injury. And you game plan way differently for Anthony Richardson than you do for Gardner Minshew. The one game he had to start before this game against Jacksonville was the Baltimore Ravens game, and that was one of the Colts' lesser offensive performances, I think would say, and the quarterback play was not great. Protection was not great in that game. They didn't have Richardson back there. Baltimore was able to prepare all week for Minshew because they knew that Richardson was out in concussion protocol. And so that's what we'll see now is Jacksonville, 
game planning specifically for Gardner Minshew and a Minshew-led offense. And that's what we're going to see from teams for the rest of the season. So, you know, I, I do think Shane Steichen's smart. I do think the Colts will find a way to get some schematic advantages out there. But there's only so much you can do when you have limitations. And, and you know, Minshew's not a running quarterback. He's not a big guy. He does not have a big arm. He makes his money off reading defenses and throwing over the middle. And complete, you know, long drives, sustained drives. That's what the guy does. And maybe he'll hit on a big play because he hit on a couple, you know, in, in this game against the Jaguars. And it's going to be tough sledding until the, the Colts can kind of get JT going a little bit. So, again, that's Colts versus Browns, Lucas Oil Stadium. At least it's a home game for him. 1 p.m. kickoff on CBS 4. We will have more Anthony Richardson news. We will have a complete preview of that Cleveland Browns game when Dave and Mike join me on Thursday for the latest episode of the Colts Blue Zone podcast. For Dave and Mike, and thank you to all of our listeners, I'm Matt Adams. Matt Adams.